Vegas, baby, Vegas! At the end of the game, you count up your money. That's how you find out who's best. If all my bets were safe, there just wouldn't be any juice. Juice. The point spreads, the prop bets, the teasers, the parlays. From Vegas to you. This is Behind the Bets. Welcome into the Behind the Bets podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian. Quick podcast for today. We are breaking down the UFC card here in Las Vegas this weekend at the Apex. It is an early start time on ABC, so make sure you adjust your schedule. It'll be a fun sort of uh, dual screen experience with also the Masters going on. Coming up. We'll have just Lou Finicaro here on the pod. We cannot coordinate schedules with Matthew Holt, who's on a little mini vacation there. So uh, just Lou and I. And uh, we're going to break down a, the main event, the co-main, and a couple other uh, fights that Lou likes on the card. So we'll get you in and out. And don't forget, there's always the Daily Wager podcast. We are Monday through Friday, post around noon Eastern or so. And uh, we'll get you in and out in 10 minutes on those pods as well. And then, of course, the Daily Wager show. We are dark until Monday. But uh, a lot of good stuff packed uh, into the into the schedule in the weeks coming up. And uh, all right, uh, for now, let's uh, get with Lou. Uh, you using the whole fist, Doc? Time now to welcome in a man you've heard many times here on the Behind the Bets podcast, Lou Finicaro, MMA handicapper extraordinaire. And Lou, it's just you and I on this pod. Well, we're. I'm disappointed that we won't be uh, the beneficiaries of Matthew's insight. He, he breaks down fights well, uh, but we'll slog through this the best we can, Doug. Yes, we can. And I liked your text to me. Uh, we're going to do uh, left hooks and lattes uh, because this is an early start on Saturday, especially for those of us on the West Coast. Yes, it is. With prelims beginning at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, it's a nice change. I, unfortunately, of all weekends, Masters weekend, it isn't ideal. So uh, I'll have... Uh, both TVs going in the morning watching fights and masters, uh, but it's it's set up to be a great weekend. It's a great point. Maybe after the masters would make more sense, not that I'm in charge of the uh, schedule for the UFC, but usually we, we are thirsting for content during the day um, outside of the March Madness, and masters actually gives that to us, but then after that, it's pretty slow. But anyways, we, uh, we're not here to reinvent the wheel. We are here to pick some winners. Let's start with the main event. Vittori is a guy we've talked about a bunch um, here on the pod, he's a total stud, and he's understandably a sizable favorite over $3 here. Kevin Holland's no slouch, but I'm not going against this Vittori guy any time. No, and I, I can see that. As I break down this fight, uh, really uh, the reason I don't have a firm position on it is because it's hard to monitor the mental frame by which Holland is going to approach this fight. Uh, does he come as unstable as he did in his last fight? Or did the UFC have a talking to him and tell him, not only are you saving this card for us, but you're going to go in there and fight this man. So uh, I, I don't know which approach uh, we have with Holland and uh, trying to bet the fight without having an understanding of him makes it tough. We know Vittori's aggressive. We know he's better all the way around. And we know he watched Brunson uh, take Holland down with ease last uh, just three weeks ago. And so knowing all that, uh, what Holland should be aware of is that if the Tory does get him down, it's going to be much more painful uh, on being underneath the Tory than it was 
for Brunson. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see how Holland fights this. If he uh, comes out and keeps his mouth shut, maintains distance and tries to Adesanya Vittori, meaning keep on the outside and pick and peck his way through the fight, I think he can have some success in that I believe we could watch five rounds of fighting. Uh, either way, I see Vittori winning this fight, um, but it'll be most interesting to see the approach Holland takes after taking this fight on short notice. Yeah, and he's actually up to $4, uh, one, one offshore book. So it's a pretty sizable favorite, obviously. I mean, you mentioned how long it could go. Four and a half is your total. Under is juice minus a buck sixty-five, But uh, nothing necessarily to jump at there. I just wanted to give some listeners some parameters. Because sometimes we have in these, even those fights scheduled for five rounds, we see it go only, um, you know, one and a half sometimes like that. But that, those are usually like the heavyweight. Well, fights, right? let, and, and Doug, let's also understand Vittori is mad aggressive. And also yeah. with that aggression goes a little bit of temper and some edge. Uh, the, there is a path for Holland here and it is required distance. And if Vittori gets a little frustrated and rushes in, he could rush into a knee and elbow or something funny. And if Vittori's getting to that, he opened minus three. Now, if he's up to minus 400, really, you have to start to think about whether you could look at the underdog. I know it would be hard for me based on not knowing Holland's mental frame, uh, but you know, some fights you just got to watch. Yep, fair enough. And live wagering always is an option, especially for fights that go longer and longer, so to speak. Let's uh, let's go to Allen and Yusuf. Uh, obviously, a much more uh, manageable money line here. You got about a dollar forty here on Yusuf, and um, you don't have a play on this, but you find it intriguing. I just absolutely love the fight, and uh, too bad it's not the main event. It doesn't have the name power, unfortunately. Right. Allen uh, is uh, an English fighter who's totally underrated. Uh, he's very skilled, uh, judicious in his strikes. He lands 3.2 a minute but only receives two. In this fight, he probably has a slight advantage on the ground, though I don't think that's where he wants to keep it. Uh, his opponent, Yusuf, is from Nigeria. He's... Uh, he's got some really impressive wins behind him. He's probably fought the better level of competition. He's also been a little bit more active. Allen hasn't fought since uh, he only had one fight in 2020. Uh, Yusuf's the quicker, faster, maybe more precision guy. And so this style of stand-up fight fascinates me. But I, I would lean to Yusuf being a, a legitimate slight favorite like he is. I don't find any real value either way. And that's sometimes the unfortunate thing, but you can't force plays on everything, right? So uh, you just have to um, kind of react to what, what presents it. But you're right. Both records solid. One loss apiece should be as competitive as it can be. So sometimes you just need to uh, take a stand back. Now, another game uh, – excuse me, another, another game. Another fight you have circled is with Mackenzie Dern. And what, do you, what, what about this fight? Well, here's a fight where I think handicapping can give us uh, at least a perceivable advantage. Uh, Dern is three and one in her last four fights. Four fights ago, her loss to Amanda Ribas, a girl that she's more gifted than in all actuality, and she's more uh, versed than she lost. And she lost because 
she took the fight four months after giving birth. Dern is now 28. So uh, she was 25, 26 at the time, uh, four months after giving birth. She now fights uh, this young lady, Ansaroff, who is uh, Nina Ansaroff, who is the partner to uh, Amanda Nunez. Uh, Miss Ansaroff had a child six months ago. However, Ansaroff is 35 years old. In the interviews that, that Dern has done since her pregnancy and into this fight, she's mentioned that it took her longer mentally and emotionally to react to being a fighter after her four months away from the octagon. And it surely took her muscle mass a long time to return. Since that loss, She's won her last three fights. She has a tremendous focus. She used to miss weight, but she doesn't anymore because she's now a mom, she's got a career, and she's maturing. I believe she's catching Ansaroff at an absolute perfect time. And for this fight to be priced with Dern as an underdog surprises me. Uh, but I won't say the cursing words. What uh -oh, I will don't say. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, what I am going to say is go bet Dern as an underdog. And uh, I don't know if I'd be patient right now at plus 120. That's a really good opportunity for, I think, the much better fighter. If you want to go long, Dern via submission is plus three and a quarter. I wouldn't be surprised if she does submit Ansarov, but I won't disrespect Ansarov. I'm just going to make a straight play on Dern at plus 120. We know those fateful words, although you've been really good at it um, when uh, when saying them. So it's I think the jinx, you somehow, Lou, uh, can sidestep that that jinx. So I don't believe in it, honestly, because <laughs> no. uh, because I, I spend so much of my handicapping career looking at these tightly lined fights and which way the public may or may not be moving them. I know. I like to tease it. We all like to embrace the uh, fun of it. So there's some uh, interesting fights and uh, really familiar names. Obviously, Jim Miller on the uh, prelims. His name rings a bell for any uh, fight fan. Uh, but let's go to Azure. We've uh, we've had we've discussed him on the show. We've discussed Jack Shore. Now they're facing off here. Shore about a buck fifty favorite or so in this bantamweight challenge. Who do you like here? Uh, it's another one like the co-main event. It's just really an excellently matched fight. Both guys 5'8", 129, 126, 71 inch reach each man. Uh, when so it really forces us to get down to how do how do these guys fight? Well, sure, he's a uh, Welshman. He's from Wales, undefeated in the UFC, and he's he's fought a couple of decent uh, uh, opponents. His striking is the more precise and refined of the two fighters. Uh, that said, he doesn't have a sophisticated or a really deep wrestling base. Uh, Hunter Azur, on the other hand, or Azure, I'm, I'm not sure how we pronounce his last name. Excuse me if I mispronounce it. Is a much more wrestling-based fighter. Uh, he recently had a loss uh, I think I can write the loss off in of last year to Kelleher only because it was at 145. It was in COVID. He had just had a child. There was a lot of distractions for the kid. I like him off the bounce. He's won since, but I think his trajectory is good. I like how well-rounded he is. This fight opened Shore minus 130 
to uh, Hunter Azure plus 110. Now you can find Azure plus 145 or so. I would be patient with this one. I think the longer you wait, the more money's going to come on shore. But I'm going to go with the more well-rounded fighter here in uh, the Phoenician, oh, by the way, Hunter Azure. Ooh, look at you. Uh, such a um, master of all the um, the backgrounds. No, look, I, I think it's fair. And I think you bring up a good point in terms of a handicapping which way the line's going to move as well. I, mean, I think that's really important. So for the previous fight with Dern, you think grab now. For Zur, uh, you know, wait a little bit. I, I can see that as well. Uh, final fight I want to talk about is a light heavy. William Knight um, and Jung. Uh, Jung, we've discussed here in the pod before. Uh, similarly priced, Jung the favorite at minus a buck forty, give or take. And uh, any play here? Yeah, play and huge interest. One of the earlier fights on the card. I'll be drinking a literally will be drinking a latte while I'm watching <laughs> this one. Uh, this is really a fascinating style uh, because you really have uh, two strikers. Jung, the the South Korean fighter, high output, five strikes landed a minute, but he receives five. So at 6'4", he's huge, even for a 205-pounder. He's 27, and he's going to have a six-inch reach advantage over the opponent. And many handicappers are looking the size of Jung and realizing that he, he really, in a striking battle, is a formidable opponent. When we look at William Knight, we see a sawed-off uh, fire hydrant, 5'10", 33 <laughs> years old, and if he was two inches taller, he'd be square. He's profusely powerful, extremely explosive, and what people don't under understand and what they may underestimate is that he's got a great wrestling ability. I look for this to be a really good position for Knight, he opened minus 110 where I tracked the, the lines opening and the money has come in on Jung. And I think it's they're judging their book, the book by the cover. As I judge how this fight is going to unravel, I really like what William Knight presents and I'm willing to take him uh, as an underdog. And again, I might be patient and wait and let the weigh-ins occur tomorrow morning and just see where this price goes, but I like where it's going. And with most sports, as you're aware, Doug, the longer you wait on a dog, usually the better the price you'll get. Right. So a couple of things. You don't think the physique of night may sway voters once weigh-ins arrive? Well, I think when they stand next to each other and he's looking at Jung's, you know, belt line that they're right, going right. to think that the size means too much. And what, and you typically like the, the, the reach advantage and things like that. So even with a six inch, advantage you're going with night just because uh do you think this fight will get on the ground height and reach together really can uh parlay into advantage in a striking match however it's it's night's explosion power and wrestling ability together that i think may present problems for jung i think if knight feels a little tastes a little of jung's power and he takes uh, the taller, longer South Korean down to the mat, he won't, the, the South Korean won't be able to get up. And I think that uh, he could, he could uh, really inflict, Knight could inflict a lot of damage from top position. And really that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, he really is a fire hydrant. I like how you phrased that. Okay. All right, my man. Great job. As always, we made it through without our uh, co-pilot, Matthew. Uh, we'll, we'll be more, uh, more on top of things in terms of a schedule in the future, but I want to get this out to the public, especially because we have that 
early, early start time on Saturday. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Doug, and uh, we'll get Matthew back here sooner than later. And I just hope everyone has an enjoyable day at the fights and enjoy the weekend. Thanks again, Doug. You got it, bud. Enjoy the weekend. Pay that man his money. All right. Thanks to Lou Finnecaro, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really helps us out. And uh, like I mentioned, the Daily Wager podcast is new to the rotation, has its own feed as well. Go check it out. It's 10 minutes, under 10 minutes every weekday, Monday through Friday. So enjoy the card. Have a great weekend, and we'll uh, catch you back here next week.